Goodbye at University. Welcome to our final call in Ruby's Chakra series. We were just talking before we hit the record button, though, how this isn't the final call with Ruby. It might be the seventh <laughs> chakra, but we're by no means done with Ruby. So, um, Ruby, for, for new members who might not have heard anything prior in the series, will you just give us a quick rundown of who you are, what you're up to, where we can find you online before we dive into today's material? Absolutely. So, hi, I'm Ruby, and for those of you who are joining for the first time, um, I am a transformational life coach, and my mission in life is to change and impact and transform the universal energy, the cosmic energy, one individual at a time. And I do that through a bunch of things. I write, I blog, I have products, I kind of do coaching, I do yoga, I do meditation sessions, um, you know, uh, I have a, a, a podcast that I do. But all of this and more, if you want to know me a little bit and what I do and what I'm up to or, or read anything that I've put up, you can find me on everydayloamagic.com or you can find me using my social handle, Socially Ruby, either on Facebook or Twitter. Just find me on one and then we can connect. Um, I love listening to stories. I love, you know, hearing what people are up to. And like we were talking before, we hit the record button. Um, really, my sweet, sweet spot is talking consciousness and how it relates to what we see and what we feel. Um, I love to translate that mysticism into um, a very practical aspect, a very accessible, learnable aspect um, so that we can take control of our personal development, our personal transformation, because that's really what uh, we are meant to do. However we do it, whatever the format, it's really about learning to use the energy that we are surrounded with, that we are, and then moving forward, moving the collective forward. That's what we're here to do, and, and that's what I love to um, support. Well, we're delighted to have you here at Good Vibe University, Ruby. It does feel like what you bring to this party is exceptional and unique. So thank you for sharing your gifts with us. And I do, I, I'll probably just be replaying this, this series after we finish here today, but I have so enjoyed how you've taken us through the seven chakras. I guess I'll let you introduce us to the final one. Yes. So, um, again, really quickly, for anyone who's joining us for the first time, uh, what is a chakra? Um, in yogic philosophy, uh, we believe that everything um, is formed and permeated by, um, you know, the universal energy or the life-giving energy, which we call as prana. And just imagine that these, these lines, these white lines, are just kind of flowing through you. Um, and sometimes, in some places, these lines crisscross in extremely heavy numbers, and what happens is that where they're crisscrossing in high numbers, they start to form a circular kind of vortex, and that vortex really is called a chakra. And the function of that chakra is like a ceiling fan, which rotates, and it's meant to keep the pranic flow throughout the body going. You know, so like if a ceiling fan is working well, then the air 
uh, in the room is circulated, we feel fresh, we can like feel a breeze, like it, it, it's healthy. And that's essentially what chakras do, uh, is to rotate, is to kind of keep that fan going in your body so that the prana is moving in a healthy manner. Um, and as a result, you have a, a, a spiritual, emotional, and physical, um, healthy spiritual, emotional, and physical experience. So that's essentially what is a chakra. And throughout this series, we have discussed the seven major chakras. We've had six calls before this. You may want to kind of find those calls and, you know, kind of go through that order. Today, we're doing the, the last of the major, major chakras, the seventh chakra, which is called as the Sahasrara chakra or the crown chakra. <laughs> So, Will you uh, say it one more time, Ruby? Sahasrara, S-A-H-A-S-R-A-R-A. Okay. Sahasrara chakra, or the crown chakra, as, as the English, uh, I don't know who gave these names, but in English it's just called crown chakra. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's Sahas- prettier. It's prettier in the original. <laughs> I think the I think the gurus that came to the West and like, oh God, I'm not gonna get these bunch of people to say Sahasrara. <laughs> so yeah, it's called the Crown Chakra. This is the the third of the spiritual chakras. Um, we've gone to gone through two others before this. So this is the third of the spiritual chakras, and it is the space where consciousness meets. Uh, the energy of this dimension and meet matter. So, largely, up until now, like the universal energy or infinite energy is, it cannot be defined because it's nothing like what we know. So, what we know is based on this dimension, our five senses and our experiences, we, we know physical matter. We only know that build. And infinite energy is beyond all of that. It's, it's nothing like what we know. But <clears throat> the way consciousness um, uh, imprints on us is by interacting with the existing material in this dimension, vis-a-vis matter and the energy that exists within this dimension. And the crown chakra is where um, the consciousness is first introduced or comes in touch with um, the energy of this dimension. It is where the divine energy connects, enters, and interacts. So in Sanskrit, um, Sahasrara means a thousand petals. So it's like, um, so the thousand thousand petals actually just represent um, infinite energy in its full bloom, or you as infinite energy in full bloom. That's really essentially what it is. And um, it's a spot where we transcend this dimension and join the infinite. So it, it works both ways, which means that consciousness meets the energy of this dimension through this chakra and forms everything that we are and everything that is around us. But also, when we want to, um, if we choose to, want to reverse that, the way we join with source 
is also through that same channel. So we can transcend this physical body, this physical dimension, and the path to rejoin source energy is also the crown chakra. So we actually carry, <laughs> I'm going to say this, <laughs> like this gateway <laughs> I just got to another know. dimension, <laughs> like literally wow. with us all the time. Come on. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That's cool. <laughs> so forget stranger things and, you know, like some door opening somewhere else. It's right on your head and you're wearing it as a crown. <laughs> wow. It's, it feels like an internal portal. Oh, my God. Okay, very cool. <laughs> so it's a two-way portal. Yes, it, it is. Um, and the energy associated with this particular chakra, this area is of pure awareness, of pure consciousness. And it is not to be confused with the awareness and consciousness that we have and feel right now. Because this is beyond all of that. It is in an infinite space beyond the body, ego, mind, intellect, or individual soul. So that's what it is. Um, it's nothing that any of us experience or feel in our, in our normal lives. Um, uh, it's beyond, it's beyond this five, uh, this five sensory dimension that we are living. Right? <clears throat> so the space above your head, um, when you're connected and aligned, it actually holds the unadulterated energy from another dimension. And uh, scientifically speaking, you know, the way it connects is our brain and the part that is, um, <coughs> you know, um, people talk about deep sleep, people talk about uh, the unconscious mind. Um, all of that, that, that space actually relates to uh, the energy of the infinite and that's where, um, we kind of create from that's what it's talking about so it is located at the crown of your head and associated with divinity but blocked by attachment so that's that's the other interesting uh aspect of um how do we transcend um we cannot transcend um because our biggest biggest block for any individual to really transcend and join infinite source is the attachment that we have to what we know, what we are, who we are, and things um, around us. So the spiritual challenge here uh, really for us will be, it, it stems is, um, you know, we want to know the meaning of life. And that drive, that's the, that's the drive, that's the spiritual challenge for this particular energy that lies um, at the top of the head is like really um, when you say what is the meaning of life, the ultimate answer, most people, most um, everybody has found is that we are nothing but infinite energy. And each of us, our individual souls, whether we know it or we don't, we are always chasing something. We're always you know, we have that drive to move forward, to drive to understand what we're really wanting to always do, continuously do, without us knowing or not, is to rejoin um, source energy. 
So we go after this question, which is, what is the meaning of life? What is my purpose? And a lot of very clever people have very simply just told us the purpose of life is just to experience, but then you go back to source energy. And that is really the truth. Uh, but each of us, knowing the obvious truth that lies in front of us, we travel that road very differently, very unique path, very unique uh, ways in which we discover that same sentence which has been left to, uh, you know, left open by very, very successful saints and, um, you know, Buddhas and uh, bright men who have unfolded um, the, the energy of this uh, chakra. So the goal with this energy is to merge with consciousness. You know, the, the, there is a there is a limitlessness that resides um, at the top of our uh, head. You know, I was thinking about this, but um, in our culture in India, when a new baby is born, <clears throat> and and we know this, when babies are born, the top of the head is always really soft. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 skull, the bone hasn't hardened. It's because um, at the time of birthing, right, um, as the baby is coming into the world, the soul attaches and moves through from that point. Wow! And and it's literally like that portal is left open for a few days, weeks before the soul or whatever, that, that part of the consciousness kind of resides in, settles on this body, and then uh, a protective layer, which is the skull, literally that cartilage, it hardens and it's set for what is going to be the journey of that child or that mm. soul. Um, and in India, uh, you know, the, the top of the head is revered, right? So you can't, you don't touch someone's top of the head, you don't hit it. Like there are a lot of rules around, you know, um, this part of the head. And all the blessings and all of that is always given, you know, at the top of the head. Like you touch someone's, you don't really touch it, but you, you kind of hover around uh, that area. And I know not only in India, there are a lot of other cultures that have specific rules around this particular part of the body. And it's all because um, a lot of pagan cultures, a lot of ancient cultures um, have written and recognized uh, this so-called portal that exists, that connects us to the infinite, that lies at the, lies at the top of the head. <clears throat> so, so this limitlessness that resides it all resides at the top of your head. The concept of, you know, you are and you are not. Like that duality, if you if you think over it, you'll understand what that means. And if you focus on this particular chakra, you'll get the deeper wisdom of that particular statement. Or, you know, there's another statement that's beautiful that if you contemplate on, really opens up your heart. Like, so it's about you existing everywhere and you existing nowhere. Both of them <laughs> are true. And so these kind of uh, these kind of dualities, these kind of limitless, infinite things, if you that, that all that all of that energy uh, kind of lies at the um, is related to this crown <clears throat> chakra and in meditation, if you ever want to take it on, 
that's the area to focus and contemplate some of these, um, you know, this very basic question of who am I or what's the meaning of life, you will contemplate using that energy. Um, it's a crown energy is what you're going to contemplate. <clears throat> so let's take a look at what an imbalance might look like. So if that chakra is imbalanced in any way, um, here are a few things that you might experience. Now, these might not be permanent. It could come and go, but you know that if any of these things are happening, um, there's a good chance that your your crown chakra is out of balance. So, so the imbalance looks something like this. Either, uh, you know, you get upset and rigid about spiritual beliefs. Hmm. Um, and it could be religious. Um, I'm not kind of just saying it's religion, although that tends to be <clears throat> uh, a main reason why a lot of people tend to experience imbalance in the crown chakra. But I have known people to be spiritual and they get extremely rigid in their spirituality, um, which means no tolerance for anything else, highly, highly ritualistic, um, you know, their inability to see any other possibility or over in, in tech, uh, in tech, in tech, oh my goodness, I can't put this word. Um, oh my goodness. Sounds intellect. 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 So when you, when you use your uh, intellect and you kind of just use your brain towards the concept and not feel it. All of these are results of um, an imbalanced crown chakra. You feel disconnected maybe from the purpose of your life. Maybe you have this um, <clears throat> abnormal fear of death. Um, or it could be that you find difficulty in knowing and experiencing a true spiritual experience. Any of this are signs that um, the crown chakra is imbalanced. And some of the reasons why this imbalance could occur is maybe you are exposed to, either in the past or right now, if you're exposed to forced rituals, um, if you have undergone any kind of religious abuse, so in the name of spirituality, so to speak, um, if you your own spiritual experience and thoughts and questions have been invalidated and shut down, um, or maybe you have either given or have been demanded to give. You know, a blind devotion, obedience, um, you know, which is sold as a matter of faith, as a matter of spirituality. So if you have lived or have had experiences in, in any of these, that will trigger an imbalance in the crown um, chakra. So the organs that get impacted when you have an imbalance in this chakra are your central nervous system, your muscular and 
skeletal system. So pretty much mm. everything, you know, like it really, yeah, it impacts, um, the impact of the crown chakra is huge. It's huge because at least with the other chakras, you have one organ to deal with or you have like one area to deal with. This one straight away paralyzes or weakens uh, your central nervous system, which in itself can be, you know, a difficult um, thing to experience. And, of course, your muscular and skeletal system. It's like pretty much everything. <clears throat> so, yeah, like um, that that's that's really where we are. Do you have any questions at this point? I just am feeling a little intimidated right now. I'm like, oh, that's a, this is a big one. Like, it feels uh, easy to mess up and big impacts if you don't get it right. And I know that vibration isn't helpful. So, um, no, it's, it's, so again, like, let me, let me, let me say this, that it's not about getting it right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about following following your personal journey. And I don't see anyone here, the fact that everyone's here at GVU, the fact that we have all these conversations, it's a platform to explore our expression, what we come across, our experiences, our, you know, our version of spirituality. So long as you're doing that, uh, you can't get it wrong. Because okay. like I said, that we are all heading to the same end result, which is joining the infinite or becoming, um, you know, conscious energy eventually. For each of us, we have to continue to walk that path, and our path will be individual. Our experiences will be individual. With the traumas and addictions that I talked about, this is specifically people who are held back from doing exactly what they feel they must do. You can never really get it wrong if you're trying. That's reassuring to hear. Thank you for speaking to that. Uh, I'm looking in chat room, Nancy. It looks like a lot of what Ruby was sharing was really resonating for you. Is there anything you have to add or ask? No, I'm just um, I'm just loving it, and I'm I wow. I just I'm happy to hear this kind of stuff being talked about at GVU because I often felt like I tried to approach the subject and felt inadequate, and, but Ruby's doing a great job. So, <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh, what is this watermelon squeezing through a canal? No. <laughs> we were talking about, we're talking the, about the soft part of the baby head. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How's the baby squeeze through the birth canal. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, what is and why? <laughs> I, I was wondering about hats, Ruby, like like clothing or anything. You know how you were talking about touching it is a little taboo, but what about what are the thoughts on um, like even hairstyles? I don't know. That's probably it's probably ridiculous, right? That there isn't anything in that sort of physical way that can block our connection. Correct. Well, you know, like that. chemicals, we we are used to now putting so many chemicals on our skin. Mm-hmm. And they do have an impact on how we 
connect with our energy because at the end of it, if they're chemicals and they 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 are um, <clears throat> they're not upsetting the 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 balance, but they are definitely changing the how do I say this? They are definitely changing the mathematics of our energy wow. through our skin, right? It's exactly like food. If you are eating poorly, um, the food becomes us. So whatever, you know, depending on the quality of food or the type of food you're eating, you are going to trigger or create and convert certain kind of energy. Um, so too with any chemicals you put on your skin, you you know, you or put your on hair. your uh, hair, you know, um, they do get soaked in, they do form a layer, it does impact the energy um, that is you. So no, it's not far-fetched to think that it's not related, it is. All of this is um, related, absolutely. And, you know, there are, um, you know, we grew up, again, like in India, everybody, everybody, like at least three times a week, or some, some people do this daily, but at least three times a week, we are all kind of used to putting pure coconut oil or pure mustard seed oil uh, at the crown of the head. Really? <laughs> yeah. To cool it down. Like, it's because it's a lot going on and you are continuously thinking, you're continuously, you know, pulling that energy, pulling the information from this particular area and then using it however it is you're using it. Again, consciously or unconsciously, you are doing it. So this this putting like this few drops of oil, pure oil, at the crown of the head is something that is done regularly by most Indians, most of the population. Like, I, I know the younger generation, like, they find it uncool because, you know, <laughs> it, it messes up the do or whatever. Uh, but if they're in their mom's house, I promise you, their mom is sitting them down and then putting that coconut oil in their head. <laughs> well, I've read a lot of benefits of coconut oil, but I don't think I ever caught this one on the list, so that's really intriguing to hear. Yeah, it's the same reason why you do massages with certain oils. I gotcha. And in Ayurveda, in fact, it, it it's a it's a much more perfected science because in Ayurveda, you find out your body type. So there are three doshas. So you find out your body type, and for each dosha, there is a specific oil. So coconut oil, I know it's used universally, and it is universal, but certain body types need mustard seed oil. Certain body types need you know, other forms of oil. So um, Ayurveda is that part of the yogic philosophy that deals with um, all of this. It's the same reason why massages are encouraged. Um, it's the same reason why babies get massaged every single day from day one till at least till they're two years old. Every single day they got to get massaged with oils and stuff like that. Um, and that practice continues as adults where we actually have religious rituals wherein we have to get up on certain days. And these are, they, these are all tied to the moon, you know, like they're all 
sites to Amavasya and Purnima, that is the full moon and uh, new moon, um, you know, on certain days where you get up and at, you have to be up at 4.30 and you got to oil your full body and then like sit for half an hour and it was like the most painful experience as a child <laughs> who the hell wants to get up at four and oil your full body and sit for half an hour and then have a bath. But as I learned about these things, it makes sense that, you know, given that we have a rich culture of yogic philosophy, it only made sense that a large part of it entered you know, the organized religion and the rituals and stuff. Some of it is good. So absolutely, the hair products, what you put on your skin, it makes a huge difference. Just like food that you eat, it makes a huge difference in how you are wielding your energy and how effectively uh, you are able to wield that energy. Okay, really helpful to hear. Thanks for addressing that. Absolutely. So I think someone's asking, can we put anything up there that won't make the hair greasy? <laughs> um, well, not oil. <laughs> if you put oil, it's going to get greasy. <laughs> um, and, you know, some people don't like the smell. But, yeah, it, it's extremely helpful. I mean, coconut oil in general is really good for um, hair growth and keeping the hair shiny and like there are a lot of other benefits but this putting the, the putting a few drops at the top of the head is really to cool down uh, that area and if you ever notice and you try it on your own like at any given point during the day you just touch the top of your head it will always be warm and when you are stressed out or if you've done a lot of thinking or if you've done you know, if, you, if you've gone through an uh, exerting experience, you touch the top of your head and you'll see that how hot, red hot it becomes. Because all of that guidance, all of that intuition, especially us, if we are channeling all of that, it's coming through this particular area um, of your skull. Hmm. Very interesting. All right. Um, Brenda, Nancy, does anyone have any questions for Ruby before she continues? I'm good. Fabulous. Fabulous. So, so let's really quickly talk about what does it look like when you have a balanced chakra. Quite simply, everything that we've talked about in the imbalance, just the opposite of that, um, in the sense that you have this ease with everything around you. You have a ease and calm about who you are, where you're heading or not heading, um, you know, where you live, don't live, you know, just you have this, um, you can feel an experience that that statement that we keep saying that everything is going to be okay or I am okay. You feel it like in every cell. And people observe that about you. You know, you have a calming presence. Uh, that means your crown chakra is activated. You can perceive events easily. Um, and you can see how they're going to play out. You can, you can see the, the connection. You can see the benefit. Uh, so all of those things come when the crown chakra is activated and it's balanced. Um, 
you feel protected, you feel divine, you feel peaceful, um, and you feel connected to your higher self. So this is what it will, it will look like and feel like, not only to yourself, but also to anyone else that interacts with you um, when the crown chakra is balanced. <clears throat> Well, I would imagine that would make some decision-making really easy, too, to have a, a clear connection here when you – it's basically I'm hearing you say you're, it's easy to access your intuition and that for, – so for someone who in, entertains a story about how uh, – I don't always talk about my decision-making skills being one of my fortes and – I guess that would be a sign of something that would be improved when I strengthened this this connection or this chakra, correct? Yes. Yes, it would. Like this decisions would come quicker. And especially if you're the one that uses intuition um, and looks for this this guidance. I don't know. The best way I can put it is, is this. Is this pointing that comes from within you, you know, like, like look mm -hmm. here, look there. Um, that becomes really powerful and easy and um, when when the crown chakra is uh, activated. Now, having said that, you can have this chakra unbalanced and still make logical decisions because that's mm -hmm. a different function altogether. So a lot of people um, really make good decisions, uh, but they're making decisions per se from this, from a point of view of this five sensory, this dimensional physical world. And so a lot of people who are in the spiritual circles, you know, that's where the pull and push really starts, wherein, you know, the people in the spiritual circles cannot understand why someone would make that decision, whereas those people making the decisions, uh, which seem odd to us, are making it with their limited, um, limited view of mm. just the five senses, just this dimension, just the physical nature, the gross nature that they experience. So one group might might think that. I don't understand this, but those guys are still making good decisions, but they are good decisions with a very limiting view of who we are and what we are. So you can still make logical decisions, but you're absolutely right. What you're talking about, yes. When this chakra is opened and balanced and flowing, um, we actually, you, you'll end up making really good decisions, really easy decisions. You don't have to worry. You can ask a question. You know, this whole exercise that we do that we send out a question to the universe and say, well, get me an answer. Um, well, how quickly you receive it, you know, it depends on how you open know, and back. Ruby, you know how it seems like a lot of times we're taught to go within and and search, like, the heart. Like, not necessarily, like, it's, you know, put your hand over your heart and feel your answer or something along those lines. Um, but the, but it, 
they don't ever say put your hand on top of your head and feel your hands, or, <laughs> or do they? I don't know. But it seems like uh, are we looking to the wrong area of the body for for facilitating? No. Or maybe I should hear you listen. I should listen to you tell us how we can strengthen this chakra, and maybe that'll answer my question. Okay. So, so um, let me answer your question. First and foremost, no, you're not looking at the wrong part of your body because you can never look. If you're looking, you can never look at anything wrong. It's just your journey. So there in itself, it, it you know, it's the right thing for you. Um, but more importantly, um, if you have to just talk about the the chakras, right? <clears throat> this one is where the pure light is entering and interacting for the first time. It's like touching base on this dimension. So. Within this physical dimension, within this gross body, we cannot translate or even begin to understand that white light. Okay. Which is why you need your third eye to translate. Mm -hmm. You need okay. your um, Vishuddha, your throat chakra to voice, which is why you need your heart chakra to feel whether it's right okay. or wrong. Because these, they, they are all tools to help you translate that pure white light that cannot be defined by even the best of people. Mm -hmm. And they help us translate. So some people see from their third eye. You know, the decision that you're talking about, some people really see what it is and then they know what to do. But they see it from the third eye. Some people can voice it, which means that it's the creativity, whether it's the writing or the painting or the saying or the speaking or whatever, it comes out you know, being the person that they are comes out from the throat, that energy. And some people feel it, they understand the heart energy. So they feel it from the heart. And then, you know, so it all depends on whether you're talking English, French, German, take your pick. Um, so <laughs> okay. All you're doing is translating that white light uh, into a language that I can understand, given that I am living in this dimension. Okay. All right. Well, that's clear. Thank you. I appreciate your elaborating on that. Did you see Brenda's question in chat room? Uh, I wonder if the pineal gland has a connection. Absolutely. I mean, the pineal gland is where um, the translations or the interactions start. So... Uh, when you do anything to detoxify or you do any deep meditation, you do regression therapy to clear, no, whatever, it all relates to, you know, opening up the channel, uh, opening up the crown uh, chakra. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Brenda, for the question and Ruby for that answer. So I can't wait to hear what our practices are for opening up this chakra. Yes. Um, so, um, again, so this, this energy is beyond this dimension. <laughs> so <laughs> we don't know what they do in that dimension. But we do know that there are some practices that will help us kind of connect better to the crown chakra, which is strong 
personal spiritual practices. And that's, I mean, I could leave it there, but let me expand, but it could be anything. The idea is that you must uh, kind of find your ground and find your, you know, magic with a, a, a really personal spiritual practice that allows you to connect. A lot of people use meditation, um, chanting, they use prayer, they use, you know, activities that get them into into the flow. So like twirling, like Sufism uses twirling quite a bit. Like that's their main, um, you know, form of trance, like they get into the trance. A lot of pagan cultures use this, this form of drum and dancing to get into that trance and connect to that bliss. Some form of spiritual practice that works for you that you can connect directly and feel the crown chakra. Um, the chant for this particular um, chakra is Om. Um, but I'm going to say Om, but the, the sound that you're going to kind of press for is the um, 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 sound that comes at the end of the uh, end of the om because om is used even for your uh, third eye, um, okay, and it's also used for your crown chakra. But the crown chakra, the the the, the focus is towards the um uh sound that comes towards the om, towards the end of the om sound. Like that's where you really get that twirl going in. Um, at the top of your head. Well, and I'm going to ask for a demo, you know, because are you talking about the the M, like exaggerating the M? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like the OM sound is OM. Mm -hmm. So in this particular one, you won't stress so much on the OM, A-U. I gotcha, right. You stress and you hold your uh, exhalation and your breath on the N sound, okay. which is the... Uh, so OM is A-U-M, and M is actually followed by a dot. Hmm. So the Same M word. and the dot is what you are trying to activate and use more of. <laughs> I can't wait to learn how to activate the dot. I cannot wait. <laughs> so the dot? <laughs> I'm also curious about in chat room you said A-N-G. So, yeah. Oh, that's just like phon phonetically writing that. That mm sound. That's just phonetic. Okay. Um, so the dot actually represents the shakti or the the energy. The dot is what creates. That is your source. Uh, that's the that's the push that the AUM need. Without that dot, AUM cannot come into existence. Wow. So this feels important. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, I mean, in in like yogic philosophy, uh, you know, A stands for the the O, the the A stands for Brahma, which is the creator. U stands for Vishnu, which is the preserver. The M sounds, M sounds uh, stands for Shiv, which is the destroyer. But mm -hmm. the dot is the female energy that that actually gives the power to the AUM, because without that dot, none of that will exist. Like, that cycle cannot start, it cannot complete. Wow. 
So, you know, when you see Om, which is written in Sanskrit, it has like that, that dot. Oh. That's what it is. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the goddess. That's the goddess part or the, the feminine part that we ought to talk about in, in the universe. So she she is not the, the thing. So it's again like it's a, it's such a duality even here. So she's not the only like the dot is not the only thing that is responsible. Like she's not the one, but she is the one that gives <laughs> the power to the cycle. You know what I'm saying? So it's uh, that shouldn't make sense, but it totally did. I <laughs> Because the creator is a male figure, the preserver is a male figure, the destroyer is a male figure. Although they all have, uh, 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 you know, their half, so their support is all female. So they all have their other half, which are female, that have their role. But the point is that the creator, the preserver, and the destroyer are all male figures. But they cannot exist, or the cycle cannot start without the Shakti, without the dot, which is female. So when we are triggering the crown chakra, we are going to um, move towards the M and the dot sound. You'll feel, you'll feel it go more. So when you create that sound, it's going to hit at the top of your, uh, at the base of your uh, uh, skull. Like when you really get it, it's going to hit the base of your skull and you're going to feel it, um, you know, kind of, literally vibrate your brain and you're then going to feel the twirl uh, at the top of your uh, at the crown at the top of your head I feel like I might have been chanting on not quite right this last month when we were doing our our sixth one. Oh no that one is appropriate because we had a lot of emphasis on O and this is M with yes it. okay got it alright yes. so I'm still good yes so when you say O oh, it's it, it's pulling from your chest. It pulls from your throat, like the oh pulls from these areas. And what you're literally doing when you're saying om is you're pulling from your chest, your throat, and you're then ending with um, which you're releasing up. Now what you're going to do, if you just want to focus on the crown chakra, is just use the second half and use your entire breath to kind of push the, the, the second half and push your skull and move that energy, move that chakra, um, you know, whirl that chakra even more. That's essentially what you're doing. Okay. Well, you know I love chanting, so I've been taking good notes here. <laughs> and, um, of course, if anyone's interested... Oh, sorry, does someone have a question? No, I think we're good. Okay, and then the... Poses. Am I echoing? I'm not hearing anything. Are you, Nancy? I was, but I was muted. Yeah, I was hearing echo. Sometimes when I adjust my mic and shift the mic a little bit, the echo will go away. So I don't know if that will help. It sounds good to me, Ruby. Okay. Oh, I just got an echo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, so let's talk about the poses. We have three poses, which is Padmasana, which is lotus pose, Matsyasana, which is your fish pose, and 
Shavasana, which is your corpse pose. These are good. Um, of course, the lotus pose is very popular. Um, it's the pose for um, um, uh, meditation. If you can't do the lotus pose, just sit cross-legged. That's fine. Um, and, of course, the fish pose, which is beautiful. I mean, I love it because, you know, it kind of expands my uh, upper body and it really opens up the chest and all of that. And then Shavasana, which... Uh, if I remember from my days of taking um, yoga classes, people really love the corpse. Like, they loved at the end of the session just to lie down. Yeah. <laughs> so these three other poses for um, if you want to kind of do physical um, activity, like physical movements for the crown okay. chakra. Um, I'm unfamiliar with fish pose, but corpse pose is easy. And, yes. Yeah, lotus pose. And, and fish too. pose, I would I would recommend if someone has like a problem or an injury in the neck, don't do fish pose. That's, yeah, I don't can see from that. looking at the picture how that would be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really cool pose. I mean, it really takes away a lot of stress from the shoulder and your upper back. But if you have a neck injury, uh, yeah, that's not recommended. Um, I do have, like, a bonus activity for you guys if you all want to try. Um, and the question really is, what are some of the things, people, or results that you are attached to right now? You can pick one because, remember, the chakra, the crown chakra is, uh, blocked by attachment. And mm -hmm. during our lifetime, however long we live, ultimately, sooner or later, we each of us have to realize that what we need to do is to release attachment to things and people and what we love and our preferences. Like that mm -hmm. is really the spiritual path. So figure out something that you love really a lot. Doesn't mean you have to give it up. I'm only talking about the attachment to having it mm -hmm. or knowing okay. that person or loving that person. And these could be your pets because I know like this this guy is like really gotten under my skin and I have to work on that attachment. <laughs> um, but how can you release your attachment? Not release your release the love or the compassion or the kindness that you feel towards any of this or the drive that you feel towards um, the results. But the attachment to having that in your life, how can you release it towards either a thing or a person or a result? And are we doing to entertain that question or do we need to find our answer for it? I think just, just asking the question could invite yes. the answer. Yes, absolutely. It's about just asking. You will find a way. You know, once you once you ask that question, you know how it goes, right? Like you you start yep. things yep, yep. come to you, and then you further that thought, you investigate that thought, and come back to it. Okay, so what you know, so you kind of go through the entire process, and you release. You find a way to release attachment, and um. The reason I said that some of your favorite things or the favorite person is because those are the attachments that are most difficult to release. And when they either disappear or go away or change, it causes a lot of upheaval. 
in our spiritual growth, in ourselves, and then, you know, there's a lot of work. So if you proactively work on attachment on things that you already have or people that you already have, uh, it doesn't make you a cold person or a, you know, uh, emotionless person. No, it just means that you are not um, not slaves to the attachment. You're empowering yourself if you release the attachment. Okay. All right. Well, I can, I've got mine, so <laughs> I, I don't be playing with. Well, anyone have any questions? Because I'd like to end this series with like a like a chant that is a favorite chant. Okay. It's my it's a favorite mantra. But anyone has any questions before I? I, I just have one. I know we've kind of talked about using colors as a way to feed or nourish the chakras. And I was wondering um, if if you have any, I know we've talked about eating certain colors and mm-hmm. possibly wearing certain colors. You know how in a lot of stores we could find the chakra colors all lined up. And some will say that just by having those in your environment, like on the wall or something, can help you get more balanced. Is that true, Ruby, or would your your energy investment be much better focused on some of the other things you've shared with us? Um, is it is it true to have those colors hanging and it brings um, uh, balance? Absolutely, it can to some people. If you are the sort of person that is activated by colors. So okay. some people, it, it all depends on what is activating your particular unique um, energy combination. Some people get activated by sound, some people by colors, some people by certain visuals. Okay. So each chakra, and if you want, I can like share, I'll find like a chart. I think I have it somewhere. I'll find a chart to share it which shows the symbol, it shows the color, and of course we all know the chant, so we know the sound. Mm -hmm. So different people um, get activated by different things. Well, you know me. I mean, I love the idea of easy, but I also would like it to be effective so that's why i was asking yeah no it could you could try it like they, i know you get these flags which you can which you can put um again the flag it all depends on are you putting in when you buy it when you get it back if you can put energy into those flags so what, what i mean by that is that maybe you have your seven flags do one meditation round or a few meditation rounds where you're using the different sounds for each of the flags. So hold that particular, say start with the, the base chakra. Hold that flag. It's red in color. You start with Vam, right? You chant Vam. You focus the energy. You already know the subject now. So put that energy into that flag. And then if you hang it, I, I have no doubt it will be an anchor for you. Okay. Um, thank you. Thank you. So, so I'm hearing that there is a little bit of an echo. I'm wondering if I muted us, Ruby, if that might. Yeah, I hear it when I'm talking. 
And am I still hearing it? Are you hearing it too? Yeah. No, I'm not hearing it now. You're not? Okay, well, as long as you're not. Oh, now I am. It's weird. So weird. I'm glad we didn't have it for most of our call. (laughs) (laughs) So if we have no questions, I'm going to, like, end the call with the mantra. Uh, Just as a close to the series, and I'll paste this particular mantra and its explanation on uh, in the chat room so if anyone's interested. It's a personal favorite of mine. Um, it's pretty simple. And um, yeah, so here we go. Asatoma Satgamaya Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya Mityorma Amritam Gamaya Om Shanti 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 And the interpretation is Lead me from the unreal to the real. Lead me from darkness to light. Lead me from death to immortality. Peace, peace, and peacefulness. You're so cool, Ruby. (laughs) You're welcome. And thank you for joining. Thank you for all the questions. It was really fabulous to have this discussion. Mm, I'm I'm already looking forward to how we get to play with you next. Thank you again for bringing us so much wisdom and inspiration with this series. Much love, my friend. Thank you. Everyone, find Ruby, everydayloamagic.com. She's amazing, obviously, if you've been tuning into this. Thank you again, Ruby, and um, we'll see you in the forums until we start our next party. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.